once again to this fun free Friday information day. This is Jeannie Cisco Meth welcoming you with open arms. I want to make sure you know how to get in touch with me just in case you need to. Um, if you Google my name, I did this the other day. It was it like blew me away. It was pretty impressive. Uh, Jeannie Cisco Meth. That's J E A N I E C I S C O M E T H. A bunch of stuff comes up. It's pretty cool. I remember a few years ago when you would Google my name and you would get pictures of crackheads. <laughs> So, but that's not the case anymore. There's quite a bit of stuff out there about me now. Um, so hard work does pay off. And I always wondered why am I doing all this social media? Well, that pays off too. And then make sure you, ca- if if you have any questions or want to talk to me personally um, via phone, call me at 801-735-5746. If I don't answer, I'll get back to you just as soon as I can. And... Let's get started. Today, I want to I want to talk for just a moment about how much fun I had last week. This this career that I have chosen is absolutely phenomenal, and I feel very blessed to have had the success that I've had so far. I get to travel all over the world, and last week um, I didn't travel too far. I just traveled back to Washington and specifically a little town called Morton, Washington. And that is where I grew up on a little dairy farm in a little town called Morton, Washington. My graduating class was 25 people and it was my dad's birthday last week and I decided I want to get paid to go home and see my dad for his birthday. So I started calling the schools in the area and I called Morton, Washington and the counselor there said I was an answer to prayer because she had been looking for someone to come and speak and do some assemblies for her students but nobody ever wanted to come to Morton. (laughs) So I said I would love to come to Morton because that's where I grew up. So I did a presentation for her students. The school has now dwindled to only 175 students. That's grades 7 through 12. Last year they only had nine graduating seniors. I thought my class of 25 was pretty small, but nine is even smaller than that. It's a logging community, and if you follow the economy or anything like that, you know that the environmentalists have put a huge crunch on the logging community. And and I could go on about that for quite some time, but just suffice it to say that all those little logging communities are dying. And the people are having to move on and, and find other means of employment. And it's it's kind of sad. I believe the, the logging industry has done millions of good things for our country. Anytime they go in and cut a a place they always go back and reseed and clean it up and they fertilize and take care of it so it's actually i believe better husbandry than just letting them grow and fall down and and burn or whatever happens so that's my little soapbox for the logging community but i so enjoyed going and and speaking to where i had once gone to school it was a trip down memory lane and absolutely loved it. I'll be going back again in September to start their year off right, and I'll be talking to a few other schools in the area as well. I wanted I wanted to just share with you how 
how much fun, <laughs> I guess, how much fun it is to be able to reach out and and touch people and see them start to change their life. I cannot change a life in one or two hours. It's it's impossible. However, I can plant seeds and that's what it's all about. Planting seeds to help people start the path of change and uh, belief in themselves. That foundation that is so important of personal value. And so as I planted some seeds this past week to over 250 people um, in the Chehalis and Trelia area and then in Morton, it was wonderful to be able to plant those seeds. And then by keeping in touch with people through email and and podcasting and stuff, hopefully we can continue to water those seeds and maybe pull out some of the weeds that might choke them out and help them grow and flourish. Because that's what it's all about, isn't it? That's what it's all about, improving your personal value and confidence. So I want to thank you for being with me, for listening to me, and and thank you for your support. Thank you for all that you do. I, I so appreciate it. And I want to talk for a moment about my son's school, American Fork High School. They recently had a Be the Change Day. I don't know if you have heard of this before or not, but it's a day-long moment at the school in which um, people, uh, volunteers can come in, there are some staff, and we teach students how to improve their personal value, how to improve their self-esteem, how to deal with bullying and what's going on. And this is a group of students that I had worked with throughout the day and absolutely, absolutely loved it. To watch kids, teens, people to start to believe in themselves excites me. I love it. It's absolutely phenomenal. And I want to share with you a story that I shared with them, if I may. And that story is, it's not about what's on your helmet. It's about what's in your head. So thanks for joining me. You see, there are many days that I remember from basic training at Fort Dix, New Jersey. And one of them that stands out in particular is the grenade throw. And the, I was platoon leader because I'm so tall. I'm six foot tall. And as you know, well, maybe you don't know, but the military likes everything very uniform. So everybody was stationed from the tallest down to the shortest. And I just happened to be platoon leader because I was the tallest in our platoon. And so that meant that I got to go through the grenade range first. Just by the way, we came up onto the field and saw how it was laid out. And I got to, you you step onto the field and you practice the grenade throw. You practice three times. So you run up to the training instructor and he shows you how to throw. And then you practice throwing three times. And then he took a big piece of chalk and wrote something on my helmet. I had no idea what it was and told me to go on to the next station. So as I went running on down to the next station, which happened to be the live grenade throw, I saw the training instructor and on the left hand side of him was a huge, huge um, 
earth embankment and with with windows in it just small little windows and then on the other side was this very thick probably about 10 inch thick concrete wall about four feet tall and then it had stalls so there was about 10 stalls if you've ever been to a cow barn, you know what I'm talking about. So it it's like little squares put together with one side kicked out. So these little U-shaped U-shaped stalls that you could stand in. And I ran up to him and I joined him in one of the stalls. He was the only one there. It was just him and I. And he looked at my helmet and then told me, Private Cisco, this is a live grenade. If you do not throw it properly, we will die. And so he handed me the live grenade, and I squatted down, pulled the pin, jumped up and threw, and then squatted back down. Heard it blast. All the debris and everything hit the wall, flew over our heads. It was exciting. Absolutely loved it. It was incredible. He stood up and said, Private Cisco, you are a go at this station, which means I had completed the exercise successfully and I could continue on with my training at which point he allowed me to go down around the end of the berm and to the other side of the earth embankment so that I could watch everybody else throw their grenade through the little windows as the rest of my platoon came up and went through the motions I noticed they all had different markings on their helmet and some of them could throw further than others. Some of them hooked it to the right or the left. But all of them were doing a very good job. As the group of us behind the embankment got bigger and bigger, the number of privates coming down, always one at a time, would come up, throw their grenade, and then join us. Well, I remember Private Smith. Well, the name has been changed to protect the innocent. But I remember Private Smith coming up the row, and there were two big eyeballs on the front of her helmet. Nobody else had that. And we were looking at that, and we wondered what that meant. And as she came up to the to the stall with the training instructor in it, we all knew what he was saying. We had heard it before. Private Smith, this is a live grenade. If you do not throw it properly... We will all die. She took the grenade, crouched down, pulled the pin, stood up to throw it, and dropped it at their feet. Now, our training instructor immediately grabbed her, threw her over the wall into the next stall, and then followed after her and covered her with his body. And then it exploded. All kinds of debris and rocks were hitting the windows. It was, it shook. It was so powerful. We were all shocked and amazed and wondered, had they survived? Had they lived? What was going to happen? As the, as the dust started to settle, and the T.I. stood up and grabbed Private Smith and by the back of the pants and the shirt and threw her out the back of the stall and pointed off to the side as he was yelling and screaming at her. And she took off running. Now, I never saw Private Smith again, and we weren't exactly sure what happened, but we immediately knew what those two big eyes meant. They meant, watch out. And we immediately turned to one another and started asking, What's on my helmet? What's on my helmet? 
I would like to say that I was this enlightened leader and did not join along and told everybody, wait a minute, we are a go at this station. We performed satisfactory. But I didn't. I was just worried about how I had been judged as everyone else was. And as we looked around at each other's helmets looking for the warning two big eyes, some people had one eye or some little hooked arrows or squiggly lines, but nobody else had two big eyes. But you see, it's not about what's on your helmet. It's about what's in your head. It's about how you perform and what you believe about yourself, not what others believe. You see, we had forgotten that we did a good job. We were more worried about how we had been judged before our performance than we had performed. And so I'm here to tell you today that it's not about what's on your helmet. It's about what's in your head. Whatever you want to be, it doesn't matter how people judge you. It doesn't matter what they say about you. What matters is how you perform and how you believe you perform. You need to decide how you perform. And you need to believe in yourself. Because, you see, there's always people ready to tear you down, ready to tell you you're doing it wrong, or ready to tell you that you're stupid or incompetent or whatever. They're, they're all over the place. But what do you believe? And how do you react when somebody draws something on your helmet that you don't want? When someone sticks a label on you, you have the power to peel that label off. Let's say you are judged incompetent. You are trying something new. You don't do a very good job. Guess what? You can do it again and again. Because every master was once a disaster, right? And so as you continue to practice and get better, then you become more of a master. That's what it's all about. You can change people's judgments of you. You can change your judgment of you and that's the most important start believing in yourself start going for what you want don't let other people hold you back don't let other people tell you you can't because trust me you can you can do whatever you want you just gotta peel the label off that doesn't fit you and put a label on that says you're fantastic you're incredible you can do it you're smart you're strong whatever you need to be to become what it is you want to be or to do what it is you want to do or to have what it is you want to have that's what it's all about when I was at Morton High School I I do this demonstration a lot and I call it the orange exercise and what it is is I take an orange and I have everybody pick an orange now it's a little bit different when the numbers get over a hundred students but it still works. It's amazing. But I have the students pick an orange, and then I ask them, why did you pick that particular orange? And without fail, I've been doing this for over 15 years, and without fail, the students always tell me they picked it because it looked like it would taste the best, or because it looked juicy, or it was big, or right. the list goes on. It's always the good qualities of the orange as to why they picked it. But when I ask them, then I have them put all their oranges back. 
in a box or in a basket or wherever and then they have to go pick up their orange and they can win a dollar or some type of a prize or extra credit on an assignment they have to pick their orange out and convince everyone that their orange was the one they picked in the first place and without fail they always describe their orange by the bad marks by the scars, by the discoloring, by the uh, weird navel, or by by a black spot, or a scrape, or a scar. And we talk about how that's exactly how people are. Everyone else sees the good in you. If there's a blemish, it's very, very small. And as your personality overcomes that blemish, they don't even see it anymore. They pick you because you look good. You look like you'd be a good friend or or they enjoy your company or they think you're neat. You're the one that sees the scars and the blemishes. So stop seeing the scars. Start seeing the good things in yourself. Because when you define the orange, good or bad, it does not change the essence of the orange. It is still the same. The difference when you define yourself as good or bad, whole or scarred, is that a whole person can do and achieve anything they want. A scarred or broken person, something's missing, and they're not able to achieve as much. So I want you to start defining yourself as beautiful, as wonderful, as fabulous, as a whole human ready to take on the world. When you do that, you will notice how much easier it is to make things happen for you. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I'm going to say you'll at least make it, and you will have the courage to keep moving forward. I want to thank you for joining me today. Have a fabulous day. We will talk to you again soon. Bye for now.